tell you. Some of them have been eating. Trust me, I know. Yeah, first of all, I'd like to thank Brother Gerard uh, for this morning. Uh, he did an awesome job. Uh, you know, I, I, when we were keying up the uh, presentations this morning uh, on the uh, laptop, and I told Gerard, well, I almost feel kind of bad because uh, my slide has over 50 different slides in it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I got the evening service. Yeah. Well, the good thing for y'all is I'm not feeling 100%. And I don't know how long my voice is going to last. Um, so I'll get through it as quick as I can. Um, but I guess I was looking pretty bad. Because several brothers today just said, are you feeling all right? You okay? And uh, uh, Kyrie said, man, you know, I got you covered if you need to, you know, need me to get up and sit and, and, and say a message for you. But that's always reassuring, knowing that we have brothers within our congregation that are willing to step up and Man. claim God's word Man. and let you know that it's going to be sound doctrine. So Man. Um, uh, I applaud you brothers for that. Uh, thank you for the opportunity um, that I have to be able to proclaim God's word to you. Man. And I'm just praying to God that he gives me strength to, to deliver the message, to get through it. He would. Uh, but what's read in your hearing this morning was, uh, well, this afternoon was Isaiah. 55 uh, verse uh, 89 and it's just so reassuring knowing that God's thoughts are not our thoughts his ways Man. are not our ways Man. and he said it's as high as it is from the earth to the ends of the heaven mm -hmm. and we don't even know how far that is man can look many light years away and we still haven't got to the end mm -hmm. so we just think how different God's thoughts are from our thoughts Man. and it's with that in mind you know, I, I wonder, I want to talk to you on a, a topic today. Uh, that's the work. There we go. All right. Is God is particular. He's not petty. Man. God is particular. He's not petty. Man. And, and I like what Brother Gerard said earlier in his uh, message is that, you know, being a good soldier, you know, it doesn't require you to think, it just requires you to obey, follow the directions. Man. And God is not petty. He's particular. The directions that he has given us are sound, they're structured, they're specific. Yeah. So I want to look at the topic today uh, is God is particular, he's not petty. And, and I want to look at one of the uh, early churches. Uh, we look at Paul when he's talking in 1 Corinthians. Uh, he's talking to the, the, the church at Corinth. And actually, in, in chapter 3, uh, he, he said that he's, he, he wants to address them, but he can't even address them as people uh, of the Spirit, but he has to address them as, as worldly people. And it's not that they didn't know the doctrine, it's just that they, they somehow thought God was petty. You know, and somehow they, they thought that, well, you know, we know what the word says, but you know, we still want to do our thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but God don't want us to do our thing. Amen. He wants us to do what he tells us to do. He wants us to be good fighting soldiers for him. Amen. Uh, one one uh, aspect that I like to look into, we... Uh, is if God is particular, what does particular mean? Mm -hmm. If he's particular, particular means it's this thing that something should be correct. Mm -hmm. 
God is insisting on us doing what he has commanded for us to do. And he's not petty. Petty means of little importance, trivial. Now, so many of us today, we know what God's word is, but he, we, we think, well, surely he won't send us to hell for that, right? Not just for lying or gossiping or uh, not showing up on Sundays and, you know, surely he won't be that petty, right? He's not petty. But, but is God petty? But what, what about the church? Is he petty about his church? I mean, is there's so many people that are worshiping here today. I think we need some new batteries in here. Go, go to the next slide, guys. There we go. Let's look at the church. You know that there are so many people that are worshiping today. Mm. Yeah, all the people that are worshiping in Locust Grove today. And then you look at all the people that are worshiping in Henry County. And all the people that are worshiping in Georgia. All the people that are worshiping in the United States. All the people that are worshiping all over the world today is baffling. But what about the church? Is God particular about the church in which we serve in? Let's take a look. I, I, like I said, I have a lot of slides, but they are scripture. And as I'm here to proclaim God's word, then we have to go to the scripture. So let's look at uh, God's word about the church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse uh, 2, or 1 and 2, uh, Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosinus to the church of God in Corinth. Mm -hmm. Now Paul called the, the, the early Christians that met together in Corinth mm -hmm. the church of God in Corinth. Well, why didn't Paul call them the church of Christ? Something like that. Well, they're going to find out. Well, he did. He did call them the church of Christ. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Yeah. It says, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseer. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Yeah. So in order to be a Christian, you have to understand that there's uh, the, the Trinity, the Godhead, there's three in one. Yeah. There's God the Father, yeah. God the Son, yeah. and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. So when Paul called the early church the church of God, those that met at Corinth, but the church of God, well, which God is he talking about? So when we find the God that has the blood, we find the God that has the church. Because he bought it with his own blood, right? Yeah. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, it says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. So we know that flesh has blood. Yeah. So when we find the God that has the flesh, we find the God that has the blood, we find the God that has the church. Amen. 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 Luke chapter 24, verse 39. It says, Behold my hand. This is when Jesus had been crucified. He had come back. And at this point, he is meeting with the disciples. And, and before he was ascended back into heaven, uh, this is what he said. Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for the, the spirit has not flesh. And, and later on in that passage, 
uh, we know that Jesus was still in the flesh. He actually ate some fish with the disciples before he ascended back into heaven. But he said right here that we know that the spirit has not flesh. So we're still looking for the God that has the flesh, that has the blood, and has the church. Amen? Mm -hmm. All right, John chapter 1. So stay with me for a little bit. John chapter 1, verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You drop down to 14. It says, the Word became flesh and made him dwell among us. And he made him dwell among us. And uh, we, have, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So we know that the God that had the flesh is the one true Son of God, right? So we know, who is, who is that? Jesus. Jesus. So we know that Jesus has the flesh, and we definitely know that he has the blood, the precious blood that he shed for us. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. It says, for you know that it was not but perishable things, such as silver and gold, Silver or gold that that you were redeemed from the empty way of life, handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a precious lamb without blemish or defect. We know that Christ has the blood. Man, uh -huh. now did you know that even God the Father called God the Son of God? So when he, he said the church of God, even God called the Son of God. Yeah. If we look at this in, in Hebrew chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. For to which of the angels did God ever say, and he said, this, God hasn't said this to any of the angels, but he said, for to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have become your father. He hasn't said that to any of the angels. Or again, I will be his father, and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. And speaking, in the, speaking of the angels, he says, and this is what he's saying to the angels, he makes his angels spirits and his servants flames. But get this, but this is what about the son? This is what he's going to say about, this is what God the Father says about the Son. In verse 8, when about the Son, he says, your throne, O God. God the Father even calls God the Son, God. Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. So God the, Son, the Father even calls God the Son, God. But what, what about the name of the church. Well. So we know that, and we'll see that, that we know that God purchased, that Jesus purchased the church with his own blood. But let's, let's see, is the church of God, is, is it the church of Christ? Mm -hmm. Does the name really matter? Is God particular about a name? Does the name really matter? Has he been a little petty mm -hmm. about the name? Does any name, will any name do? In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, we know when Jesus was coming to Caesarea Philippi, uh, he asked the uh, disciples who did men say that he is, some said that he was John the Baptist, Elias, Jeremiah, so just one of the prophets they didn't know. 
But when he asked Simon Peter who he was, he said that he was the son of the living God. And then in verse 18 he said, And I say unto, also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. So here, Jesus is establishing his church. We got it? So Jesus is establishing his church. He said, I'm going to build upon that truth that I am the Son of God, upon the truth of the scripture up until this point of my, my forecoming, that, uh, upon the truth that my Father is the creator of the heavens and the earth, and all this, all this truth is what I'm building my church upon. Amen. So he is establishing his church. In John chapter 18, in verse 36, it says, John answered, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. When he says, my kingdom, Jesus is establishing his kingdom. Yeah. He's taking ownership of it. He said, it's mine. My kingdom, my kingdom is not of this world. Ephesians 5, verse 5, it says, for this you know, that no whoremonger, no unclean person, no covetous man who is an adulterer has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ. So he said, my kingdom, and we have the kingdom of Christ. My kingdom, kingdom of Christ. Matthew chapter 26, verse 26 through 28. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, take eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed uh, for many for the remission of their sins. So we have my body, my blood. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16. We have the cup of blessing which ye bless. Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? And the bread which is we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? So we have body, of Christ, we have the blood of Christ. Is that my blood? Blood of Christ. We have my body, body of Christ. And we also have it over in uh, Hebrew chapter 9, verse 14. How much more shall you then, uh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offer himself without spot to God, purge from conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Here again, we have the blood of Christ. <coughs> Thank you guys for clicking on something back there. Get the focus back on the power point. There we go. All right, so we have my kingdom. We have kingdom of Christ. We have my body. We have body of Christ. We have my blood. We have blood of Christ. Christ said, my church, it has to be church of Christ. Right. So we know that he's purchased it. We know that it is his church. Why would we not, why would we not call it the church of Christ? Amen. 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 But you know, if, if, if the Bible said, if Jesus said in the Bible that I am coming back for all churches that have the church of Christ on the outside of their building, 
Do you know that we would not have any Baptist, Methodist, every building out there today would have the Church of Christ on it. So it's not just the name that, but if, if you get this, if you can't get if you can't get the name right, you know you're not going to get the doctrine right. right. You got to get the basics right first, right? Amen. So it's not just the name. God is particular about how he wants us to, to, to worship him, uh, the doctrine that we teach and preach. He's particular about that. Right. So if he's particular about uh, what he wants us to do, and he's not petty about it, then surely he would have gave us exactly what he wants us to do. Right. right? And uh, 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16, he said, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And thankfully, that is there for our correction. Right? It's for our learning. So thankfully, God left us his word. Let's look at the worship. Now, like I said, there, there, there's many people all over the world worshiping today. But that doesn't make it right. We have different types of worship that God has told us how he wants us to worship him. In Matthew chapter 15 and verse 8 and 9 it says, uh, This people draw nigh unto me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, but in vain they do worship me, teaching the doctrines, the commandments of men. So there's a such thing as vain worship. Man. Some of us in here today can actually have vain worship. Right? If, if you're here and I hear Brother Jerry say all the time, you know, trying to encourage us to, to sing. Yeah. You look out in, in the audience and frown and the mouth is not even moving. Well, not, at least it's not moving towards the, the, the singing. And they be talking. But if we're commanded to sing and you're not singing, then that's vain worship. Yeah. If, if we're taking other communion and your mind is not focused on Christ and what he has done for us, and when you go and take the communion, if Christ is not even in your mind, if you're just passing the prayer along, yeah. is that goal and void? So it's not just that the worldly people are, are, are worshiping in vain, but we have to be careful that we are not worshiping in vain. And vain is just for naught. And you can't do one part of the service and not do the other. Yeah, we have a lot of people say, well, you know, just bring me the communion and, and you know, because I'm not going to be able to make it today, but you bring me the communion. Well, there's other acts of, of worship, right? There's other parts to it. Uh, so we have to be careful of vain worship. Now, Acts chapter 17, verse 23, it says, For as I passed by and beheld your devotion, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship. Hail declared I unto you. Yep. So we have ignorant worship. <laughs> now the, the root word of, of ignorance is, is to ignore. So when we ignore that we are supposed to partake of the communion every first day of the week, but we take an offer, right, as some of the denominations do, then that's ignorant worship. When we omit it, when we want to do what we want to do, we want to, uh, you know, when God tells us that we must worship Him in spirit and truth, which means we're focusing on Him, and then we include praise dances, dancers in here, and then all of a sudden your, your mind is on other things than, than God. 
then, then you know, that's ignorant worship. Yeah. Because God hadn't commanded that. Yeah. That's ignorant. That's right. Now, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 23, it says, Which things have indeed a show of wisdom and will worship? So then we have a thing called will worship. What is will worship? That's self-imposed worship. That's, that's worshiping with your own will. I, I want to do what I will. I want to stay at home today and, and watch the preacher on TV because I don't feel like dealing with the folks up at the building today. I'm just going to do my own thing. And, and, and that, that's, that's, that's your own self-imposed worship. You know, here's the thing. When we're here to worship, it, it ain't about you. Amen. <laughs> worship is not about you. When you're Amen. worshiping someone, it ain't not someone. We're worshiping God, right? If we're worshiping God, we're here to please Him. Amen. It's not even about you. It's not about your will when we're worshiping Him. Amen. Now, let's see what kind of worship does God want from us. If He's not petty, if he's particular, if he's given us instructions on how he would like to be worshipped, John 4, <clears throat> verse 23 and 24 says, But the hour will come, and now is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they which, that which worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. You know, this is, when it's time for worship, when God wants us to worship him, this is the only time that God is seeking for us. All other times we're seeking him. God, can you, can you, can you, when you're in the hospital, can you, can you come and, and help me? When, when, when your, your kids say, Lord, please come and, and help my child. You know, we're always asking and begging and praying to God, but God said when it comes down to you worshiping me, I'm seeking for you to worship me. Amen. So not only is he seeking for us, for us to worship him, but he's also seeking that we worship him in spirit and in truth. If your mind is not here, then we talk about vain worshiping and ignorantly worshiping. He says he wants us to worship him in spirit, and in, that's what that means, and worshiping him in spirit. That means our mind needs to be focused on him. So when your mind is racing on other things, worldly things, things that happen at home, bills you need to pay, all these things, God says that has no place in your worship to me. I, I don't want all that. And here's the thing, when, if we're trying to get to heaven, we know we're going to be worshiping and praising him all, all the time. Yeah. And if this is the proving ground for us getting there, and you, you can't even focus on him for an hour, and more or less come back to second service and worship him, something, something ain't gonna add up. If God is seeking for us at three o'clock and you're not here at three o'clock, there's something, mm, something ain't quite right. Then what about the order of worship? He has left us not only that telling us that we have to worship him in a specific way in spirit and in truth, but what do we do when we are worshiping him? Is he particular with what we must do while we're here? Well, let's see. 
we know we must have preaching. According to 2 Timothy 3, verse 15 through 17, it says, And uh, that from the child thou hast known the Holy Scripture, which are about to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be uh, thoroughly furnished into all good works. Now, when we get together and there's preaching, it, it, it shouldn't be about uh, my boastful or the preacher's boastfulness. It, it shouldn't be about the preacher's opinion. It, it shouldn't be about anything else but God's word, because God's word is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. So anything that we need according to our life and how God wants us to worship him, it's in the scripture. Mm -hmm. So there must be preaching. Second uh, Timothy uh, chapter 4, verse uh, 1 through 4. Uh, I charge thee, therefore, uh, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in the kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heat themselves, heat to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and that they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fable. So preach the word. What should be preached? Preach the word. The word of God, don't add to it. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, 9 and 10. And moreover, before the preacher uh, was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yea, he gave good heed and sought out to set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought to find out acceptable words, and that which was written was upright, even words of truth. Titus 1, 2 and 3, in hope of eternal life which God that cannot lie promised before the world began, but hath in due time manifested his word through preaching, which is commanded unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. Deuteronomy 4 and verse 2, yea, uh, ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish out of it, uh, out from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. Deuteronomy 12 and verse 32, what things soever I command you, observe to do it. Thou shalt not add therefore thereto, nor diminish from, we can't add or take away from God's word. Amen. God is particular, he's not petty. He said, I've left you my word. Don't take away from it and don't add to it. That's pretty particular. Revelations 22 and verse 18. For I testify unto every man that heareth the word, words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these words, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. God is serious about this thing. And we can take it for petty if you want to. But God is serious. Amen. Singing. Now this is the, the, the thing that trips up so many 
denominations, and so many, when it comes to, and that's what I, it goes back to that wheel of worshiping. Now, I just can't get into it without the instrument. I have to have the beat going. But God is particular on how he wants to be worshiped. Singing. Ephesians 5, 19. Speak it to yourselves in songs and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing it and make it melody in your heart to the Lord. Colossians 3.16, let the word of, the, of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing and uh, with the grace in your heart to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Hebrews 13.15, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to him. He, he ain't talking about anything about imitating Beatboxing, clapping. You know, why, why, if we don't have the instruments in here, why are we imitating what they do? Amen. God says He wants us to sing, not imitate, not not do all these things. Matthew chapter twenty-six, verse thirty. He says, "When they had sung in Him, they went out into the uh, Mount of Olives." Acts chapter sixteen, verse twenty-five. And at midnight, Paul and Silas. Uh, praise and saying praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Mm -hmm. First Corinthians uh, 14, verse 15. Uh, what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Mm -hmm. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 12. Saying, I will declare thy name unto my brother. In the midst of uh, in the midst of the church, will I sing praises unto thee? So we got all this singing, all that singing that God left us in His inspired words in the New Testament. All that, that nowhere in there did I say any plugging, drumming, Amen. you know, cymbals. That's Old Testament, New Testament. Mm -hmm. We are New Testament Christians. And we're a New Testament Christians that we need to do what God told us to do in the New Testament. Amen? Amen. 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 So if, if, if we are the church of Christ, not only by name, but indeed, then we, have, we ought to do what Christ has uh, instructed us to do, which is to sing. Amen. So that's one aspect, praying, singing. Yeah. I'm sorry, we have preaching, singing, praying, praying. Let's see what about praying. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, and praying. Uh, in the spirit of all, on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's. We got to pray for each other. Amen. God wants us to pray for each other. Amen. And if you're not here, if I don't hear from you, mm. then I don't know exactly what you need prayer for. Right. right now, if you don't show up, and if nobody ever hears from you, but on, on Mother's Day and, and uh, you know, those special occasions, right? How do we know in between what you, that we know you need spiritual prayer, yeah, but if you have other things that you need prayers for, we need to hear from you, we need to see you. God said we have to pray for the Lord's people. Uh, Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. Uh, Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 25. Brethren, pray for us. 
Matthew chapter uh, 6, verses 5 uh, and 7. Verse 5 says, uh, and, and, and when thou prayest, thou art not be as the hypocrites are. Thou art not be like the hypocrites are. Uh, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the street, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Brothers, when we get up to pray, it, it, it ain't about you. It ain't Amen. about us. Right. It ain't about, well, let me, let me speak, let me, uh, in a uh, Now, it ain't about you putting on the show. It ain't about how eloquent a word is. All words are not eloquent enough. Amen. That's why we need the, the spirit to intercede for us. Because you don't know what to say. You, you ain't that eloquent. All right, in verse 7, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 7, it says, But when, I, when you pray, uh, use not vain repetition, as the heathens do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Oh, yeah. uh, brothers, we have to be careful with this vain repetition. Amen. Now, we have to understand when we're praying, we're praying to God. Amen. This is a conversation. Yes, if we're throwing up repetition, something I just memorize all this. I mean, it's, it's, no, I'm not getting, don't, don't get me wrong. That's right. Now, there, there's things that we all to pray for, often. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with keep praying. For the you better pray without seeing. You better keep praying. <laughs> but don't just memorize something that doesn't mean anything. Right. Okay? Man. So that's when it comes vain. That vain repetition, but it don't, if you're just rambling off stuff and it don't even mean that to you, it can't mean that to God. That's right. right. So let's be careful with that vain repetition. Uh, but let me get back to the last thing on the prayer. Now, if, uh, if you're praying and, and there's no action, well, then it, it, yeah. if your prayer doesn't have feet, if you're not, Helping your prayer, then then what is it for? If I, you know, if if you're praying uh, for somebody in the hospital and, and, and you don't go see them, you don't have time to go see them. Well, it's just like um, Lord, let, let, please bless me with this job. I, I need a job. And it comes twelve o'clock noon, and you still lay up in the bed. <laughs> you got to do something. Yeah. Praying and ain't doing nothing with the prayer, then you know, what, come on now. Amen. So let's, let's, let's be careful. God wants us to pray without ceasing. He wants us to pray uh, with the understanding. Communion. Oh, communion. Uh, Matthew chapter 6. We must commune when we come together uh, and worship on the first day of the week. Uh, Matthew chapter 26, uh, beginning at verse 26 through 29. It says that. Uh, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and he blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he, uh, and he took the cup and he gave thanks and he gave it to them saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood uh, of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Yeah. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. 
So when we partake of the communion on the first day of the week, we are to partake of the unleavened bread, which represents Christ's body, and we are to drink blood. Well, we're to drink blood. And that blood must come from the fruit of the vine. Now, we, we often, you know, I, we've addressed it once, and we need to probably keep reiterating, but uh, what I want to get at, you know, when we ask for prayers for the juice, well, I mean, uh, are we talking apple juice? We're talking orange juice? Are we just praying for the juice? Will any juice do? Well, <laughs> But the Bible says that we have to drink blood, and that blood has to come from the fruit of the vine. Man. Well, is God being petty with what we drink in the cup? Is he, is he petty? If we can have juice, we can have, well, what, if we are Christians, if we, we're supposed to be called out, we have to know and understand what God wants, right? So let, let's just look at this real quick. So we have to find the fruit of the vine, and we need to find some blood, right? So we need to figure out why. Or we use the grape juice yeah. in this, right? So Solomon, Solomon, Psalms of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15. It says, take us uh, the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vine. For our vines have tender grapes. And we got all kind of fruit that grow on the vine, don't we? Yeah. We could be drinking some watermelon juice, right? Watermelon grows on the vine. Watermelon grows on the vine. Kiwi grows on the vine. So we have grapes. The Bible mentions grapes that grow on the vine. But as grapes have, we still need blood. We have found the fruit that grows on the vine within the Bible, Amen. the grape, okay? All right, Genesis chapter 49, verse 11. Bring, uh, bring his fall unto the vine, and his ashes coats unto the choice vine. He washes his garments in wine, and his clothes and the blood of the grape. So we have another scripture in here that says blood of the grape. So we have found uh, fruit on the vine called grape, and we have found the grape also has blood. So we have to be careful when we say, I, I pray for the cup, I mean the, I mean the uh, juice, right? So let's make sure we understand that that juice has to be the fruit of the vine, and that fruit of the vine has to be the grape because the grape has the blood. Amen? Amen. Because we are to take uh, the blood. Amen? Amen? All right. Let's move on. Give it. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2. We know we're supposed to give upon the first day of the week. Uh, we have uh, verse 2. Uh, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 2. Upon the first day of the week, uh, let us... Let every one of you lay in, uh, by him in store as God has prospered him, that there be no gathering when I come. And this is how God says, I want you to give. And I want you to give on the first day of the week, and I want you to lay by in store what you have been prospered. Now, this is not meaning, okay, well, the preacher's preaching on giving today. Let me, let, me, uh, let me find some change in my pocket. But he said, you already need to be prepared to give what you get. You should already purpose what you want to give. Amen? Amen. This is no spare of the moment thing. You have to prepare. God said, you, hey, this, this is my worship. You better be prepared when you get here. Amen. Be prepared. Be prepared. He says, 
uh, for the first day of the week, let, uh, let every one of you lay by in store as God has prospered him, that there be no gathering when I come. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. Uh, but this I say, he was soweth sparingly, shall reap also sparingly, and he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he has purpose in his heart, let him give not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. We, we always talk about grudgingly, but of necessity. Lord, I, I gave that extra ten dollars. You know, I, I need you to help carry along with my blessings. <laughs> yeah, I'm giving you said, hey. Um, it don't work like that. Amen. Now, let's see. I hope I put that in there. If I did, yeah, okay, I did. Let me get to here. Uh, Mark chapter twelve, uh, verse forty-one. Jesus said, uh, Jesus sat down opposite of the place where. Uh, the offering uh, were put and watched the crowd putting their money uh, into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Mm -hmm. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all of the others. They have, uh, they all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Now, when we're not giving in faith, I mean, it, giving is a sacrifice. Amen. And here's the thing, the more money you make, you're still going to be struggling if you don't get right. Yeah. Yeah. The more money you get, you know, now I need a, 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 a house or an apartment that costs this much more. The more money you get now, I should be able to get me this type of car now that costs this much more. So you're still in that same mind. But God said, if, hey, you need to go ahead and already, when I give you increase, you need to give me increase. Amen. Right. He said, hey, this lady, what she gave, it meant something. These rich folks, they just put all this money, it didn't even phase them. Amen. What they gave, they gave. It, they still have what they had. You know, it didn't phase them at all. But this lady, she knew, hey, I, I know that this, this Jesus Christ, I, I, I know I'm going to give him faith because I know God is going to bless me. Amen. This is all I have. Mm -hmm. It has to mean something. Amen. All right, we're, we're back to that. We don't work it. We, when we're given of necessity on it, it and you want to throw a little something, that's, that's, that we will worship. Because God wants us to worship him in spirit and the truth according to the truth that he has left us. Mm -hmm. Salvation. God is also, this is particular, about salvation. Now, so many, so many denominations, where they fail from one being called some other name, yeah, that's, that's, First and foremost, like I said, if they can't get the name right, you mm -hmm. have to get the doctrine right. That's right. But when you start having uh, baptisms of, of children mm -hmm. that have not sinned, so they can't repent of their sin, that sin is that baptism is not for the remission of sin if you haven't sinned. Mm -hmm. Now, and you're sprinkling and wiping water on, on somebody's head and hitting them in the forehead and all this kind of stuff. Well, 
Well, what does God say about baptism? That, that's what trips them up. The, the music, the, the, the instruments, and the baptism. But God is particular. He's not petty. He's not going to say, well, you know, you did get baptized, but even though it wasn't right, you know, man. No, he is particular about what he wants. Amen. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. It says, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even our soul, we also shall walk in newness of life. Mm -hmm. So we have a, a burial. Colossians 2, 12. Mm -hmm. Buried with him in baptism. Wherefore also you are raised with him through the faith of, our, of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And we have Acts chapter 8, verse 36 and 37. And as they went on their way, this is uh, Philip, in the eunuch, you know, Philip was, was, was preaching, uh, was talking to the eunuch about, uh, about Jesus, about uh, salvation. And, and the next thing you know, he said, well, hey, if I'm going to be talking, preaching to me, Jesus, here, here's what He didn't even say he was preaching to him about baptism. So if he's preaching to him about Jesus, then the two go hand in hand. Right? <laughs> it's essential. He didn't say, well, the eunuch, Said, well, you know what? When we get back to, uh, or maybe next week, you said, hey, right here, there's urgency to it. In Acts chapter 8, 36, it said that they went on their way and they came upon certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What does hinder me uh, to be baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe. And that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he came and he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both, they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch. And he was baptized. And somehow, he said both of them went down. When they went down into the water, it ain't like, you know, Philip sprayed some water, hit the water and sprayed it up on him. He said they both went down. He didn't tell, he didn't tell the eunuch, hey, go dive into the into the, into the lake over there, and you'll be baptized, say, Jesus, 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 and come out, and you're all good. But he said they both went down into the water, and he was baptized. So that immersion uh, is for a reason. First Corinthians chapter, uh, First Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 and 15. Now I beseech you, brothers, by the name of our, Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing. And he's talking about the church. He's talking to the to the uh, uh, to the church at Corinth. So he's not even talking about the worldly folks, the other the denominate all of these things. Hey, this is within the church. He said, "Now I beseech you, brother, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we all speak the same thing." So isn't that if, if I'm going over to River Road, if I'm going over to uh, McDonald Church of Christ, we all need to be speaking the same thing. Amen. You know, and that, that's what I said. It didn't matter. You know, the, the name matters, but if you got Church of Christ out there and you got, you know, some singing with some instruments out there, then that, that doctrine is not right. That's right. right. Or if you're going somewhere and they sprinkle it, or they got, uh, uh, what do they call it now? Uh, conventional uh, worship, and then they got the second service, which is the traditional. Right. You know, that, no, we, God has one, one type of worship. That's right. So he said that even among them, uh, <clears throat> 
now I beseech you, brethren, therefore, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there yeah. be no divisions among you, yeah. but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Yeah. For it, it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now, this I say, that every one of you said, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I am of Cephas, and I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Was John the Baptist crucified for you? Did, was it? No. And so are, are ye baptized in the name of Paul? I thank, God, I thank God that I baptized none of you, but Crispus and Gaius, uh, lest any shall say that I have baptized in my own name. <clears throat> so, when, when, when you're of a denomination and, and, and you say, well, I was baptized, I've been baptized, and you know, when we often talk to, to those that are above other denominations, they're quick to say that. I've been baptized. Mm -hmm. Well, if you were baptized and then you were baptized. Sure. I'm baptized. I'm never met. I'm a Catholic. Oh. Well, were you, did, did John the Baptist die for you? No. Jesus here said, yeah, I, I, I don't want any no divisions among you. Now, we often hear that. Well, yeah, I'm okay with what y'all say, but I don't I get baptized again. <laughs> hmm. I wasn't baptized for a year. If you or in a denomination, and the doctrine is not all the way correct. If, if, if the preacher has added something to it, taken away from it, if the preacher calls himself reverend, if the choir has a band, no, that's not sound doctrine, according Man. to what we have just gone over today. Man. Then it can't be right. So if you're baptized into something that's wrong, that's just like, you know, we talked in our uh, Sunday school class with the kids today about partying. Yeah. Is it wrong to party and the connotation of partying? And, and if you're at a party and you know that it's going to have mm -hmm. uh, drugs or drinking and promiscuous dancing and all this stuff, mm -hmm. you, you know that was wrong. Because you're wrong. That don't mean you make it right. right? So if you're in the wrong place and you got baptized, that, that didn't make it right. right. right? So we got Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 5. Yeah. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, uh, came into Ephesus and finding certain uh, disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, uh, We have not much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? Then said Paul, John barely baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that uh, they should believe on him which uh, should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So when you I mean, if you want to make your calling an election, sure. And, and you want to do exactly because God is not petty. You know that God is particular. He's strict. He's, he's down with what he wants. Right? 
Lady, you know that you were baptized wrong. And in 1 Peter uh, uh, 3, uh, 21, 22, it is when we are baptized for a good conscience towards God. So we know that God wants us, according to 2 Acts 2, uh, 38, that we are to be baptized for the remission of our sins. And when you were baptized, you, you just did it because mama wanted you to, or you wanted to impress somebody, or you're in the wrong place. You know you need to get it, get it right. Amen. And if you want to get baptized in the right uh, pretense, in the right place, then here's an example where they had to get it right. They didn't put their egos in the way. They said, hey, let me get this thing right right now. Amen. So we have to be careful. God wants us uh, you know, to make sure that salvation, the salvation that he provides, he is particular about how we get in. Amen. I made it through. Amen. My voice made it through. But God, God is particular. He's not heavy. Amen. Uh, and uh, Revelation uh, 2 and 10, uh, part of that tells us that we must remain faithful unto death. And we can't, uh, God is particular about that. We die in our sins. Uh, Christ said where he is, we can't go. Right. So if you find yourself, uh, or you know you're in the right place, we know you're in the church of Christ, you're in the right place, you got that part right, and been baptized, that's great. But if you have sinned and fallen short, get that right. And part of our worship is praying. That's what we hear. That, you know, God wants us to, to be together. Hmm. He was always intended for us to be together. Man. And I like Brother Hardline who mentioned that earlier. You know, we, we have to admonish one another. We have to be here to help build each other up. Yeah. And that is so true. Uh, when I see you, I get energized, especially on Wednesday nights. But I'm I'm already really beat down by Wednesday. It feels like, uh, you know, I, I was telling about I missed last Wednesday, but uh, you know, last week was one of those weeks I had work to 11 o'clock several nights last week, and then at seven. So it was a long, a couple of long days. But when I see you all, I'm always rejuvenated. I'm always revived. I always feel better. Mm -hmm. uh, but not only feel better, but I know that my faith is growing. Uh, I mean, years ago, a few years ago, I, I know I wouldn't have been up here to deliver God's word. Mm -hmm. So I know how I have grown because I have continually been amongst you. Mm -hmm. uh, but thank God. I thank God for his word. I thank God for you. I thank God for this opportunity. I thank him for allowing my voice to, to stay with me for this uh, few minutes. I only took a few minutes, right? <laughs> thank God for hanging in there with me. Uh, but as we stand and sing our song, uh, if you have any prayer requests, if you uh, need us to pray for you, let us know. Uh, if you want to give your hand to God in baptism, if you haven't obeyed that yet, uh, this is that opportunity. This is, this is that time. Um, but, Brother Jerry, what is our song? 241. 